Go with me to Mark 11. Mark chapter 11. Verse 22. Jesus speaking to them and to us. He answered and said to them. Have faith in God. How many take the words of the master seriously? Then what should we do? Have faith in God. The margin of my Bible says have the faith of God. Have the faith of God. You could say have the God kind of faith. We are created in his likeness and image. And we have in us what is in him. Not, of course, we don't have faith to the measure that he has it. But we have a measure of the same faith he has. And uh, verse 23, he said, Verily I say to you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Read that last phrase. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Now, you, there's a lot of people that say, well, I don't believe in all that confession stuff. And, you know, it don't work for me. It just did. <laughs> it works just as effectively in the negative as it does positively. Hmm? You keep saying that never happens for me. I never get that. I never get a break. Nobody helps me. Everything always is against me. You're believing it in your heart. You're saying it with your mouth. You're going to have it. Which is why we keep saying we're getting our buildings and lands and houses. (laughs) All our debts are being reduced and eliminated. Why we keep saying that. And have you noticed? You know, I was thinking a few moments ago, well, even last Sunday, you know, we sang that song, The Love of God. And we sang it every Sunday. And I could tell you're already getting used to it. Right? You ready to sing your love of God song? Why? Because you do something over a period of time, it begins to get in you. And instead of it just being a meaningless repetition to you, it's a part of you. How many are tired of having your hands at the end of your arm all the time? Or your ears on the side of your head. No, you never get tired. You always want them there. It's part of you. You never get tired of them being there. You want them there. And when that's how it is when something's a part of you. And so you have to stay with things long enough for it to become a part of you. And that's where uh, many have missed it. Is they hear something one time or twice or three times and then ignore it from then on. No, that's why, you know, we'll get on something and camp on it and stay on it week after week and month after month. And staying on something a couple of months is really barely enough time to begin to get it in your spirit to any significant degree. Which is why another year or so roll around, we've got to do it again. So never despise repetition. And in your own personal life, be consistent with saying the same thing over and over again. Not just mindlessly, but enough to get it in your spirit. He said, verse 24, therefore I say to you, who's talking? 
Jesus, the master, red letters, red words. And that what? Trumps everything. What you think, what somebody said and did, everything. What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Say that last phrase out loud. Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Now we talked last week about this. The title of our series, we said, we called it last week, I believe it was Receiving Faith. I'm going to change that because it sounds like we're how to get faith. Let's call it this, Faith to Receive. Faith to Receive. See, y'all like that better anyhow. That was my title originally. (laughs) Had to come back to it. But uh, why do we say faith to receive? Because that's what Jesus said to believe. Believe what? That you receive. Now, this is so simple. A three-year-old could get it mentally. And yet, most Christian adults are confused about it. Why? Well, because you need help misunderstanding it. <laughs> and the devil is glad to provide plenty of help to confuse. I mean, God did not make the Bible complicated. Now, there's a lot of people think it is. They think, oh, it's so complex, it takes a supercomputer to figure it out. Or you'd have to have multi- speak multiple languages in order to even have a clue what it was saying. Not true. The Bible said in Jesus' day, the common people heard him gladly. What does that mean? When the Bible says common people of this day, these are people that cannot read and write. Can't read and write. They had no education, especially not a college education. I mean, they had no degrees. They couldn't read at all. But the common people heard him gladly. Why? He talked about fishing and crops and building houses. Why? The Holy Spirit is the master teacher. The better the teacher, the simpler it is. Are y'all with me now? I know a friend of mine that I talked with at Ramah was a pilot on the SR-71. Still to this day, from the fastest aircraft ever built, 2,200 miles an hour. Faster than a speeding bullet. Literally. Flew so fast that uh, at nighttime the skin glowed red. Just from the friction. In flight was several inches longer than it was on the ground. Now figure that one out. Somebody say fast. Flew so fast, got so hot, it stretched out several inches. Looks like a cartoon, isn't it? I mean. <laughs> well, anyway, when he was one of the first ones involved in this aircraft. And when it first came out, there's nothing like it. Nothing's ever been like it on the planet. And he and several of the guys that there, the engineers came to teach them about how the thing operates. And he said they were there for days and days and days. And they come out of there scratching their head thinking, 
are you getting this? And the other guy said, no, I'm not with him. And so finally, they had some of the guys come that had built it. The ones that actually put it together. And in the first day or so, they had it. Well, you understand, these guys they picked for the program aren't dummies. Right? And so if they're not getting it, what does that mean? The people teaching don't know what they're talking about. When somebody's teaching and it just is, the further they go, the more complicated it is. And they get through and you go, wow, seems like they know a lot of stuff. But whoo, are you getting this? Poor teaching. Because if somebody really understands it, they can make it totally simple. When you understand things, it's simple. And so the Holy Spirit is the master teacher. He speaks your language. Somebody say, he speaks my language. Man, he speaks your language. He knows exactly how to get it across to you. Do not believe that this is too complicated for you to get, which is one reason you should read your chapter every day, right? Monday through Friday, read your chapter and believe you can understand it. Teach your children from the time they're big enough to understand anything. Tell them, son, daughter, you can learn anything you need to. You are quick. You are bright. You're smart. And they come in and say, I'm dumb. I can't learn this. Say, oh, boy, where's the bar of soap? You just cussed. Well, I know. You said dumb. We don't say dumb. That'd be worse than some cuss words. Why? Because if you believe it in your heart and you say it with your mouth, what will you do? You will set spiritual darkness against your mind so you can't learn. And you hear people, I've had people, you know, they were 40 years old and going back to school. And they said, man, you know, I didn't do all that good when I was in high school. And boy, I think I got cobwebs in my brain. I mean, whew, I, you know, I don't know if I can get all this. And I said, will you quit that? What do you mean? Say this. The Lord makes me of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. I'm quick. I'm bright. I'm sharp. I can get it. I can learn anything I need to learn. And if they tell it to you or you read it and your head's just spinning, do not, you'll be tempted to, but do not say, whoo, this is hard. I don't know if I can get this. Never let that come out of your mouth. If you need to be doing it, say, I can get this. Even when your head feels foggy, say, I can get this. I can get, I can get this. The Lord's helping me. I can learn anything I need to learn. I can understand anything I need to understand. And that faith will brighten your intellect. Oh, did you hear this now? I said your faith will brighten your intellect. If you believe you can get it, you can get it. Go ahead, act on it right now. Say, I believe. I can get it. I can learn anything. I need to learn. learn. Amen. Never say I'm dumb. Never say, well, I'm getting old. My memory's failing. I'm just getting where I can't remember anything anymore. That's more dangerous than cussing, I'm telling you. Do not let such words come out of your mouth. You're not supposed to get duller mentally as you get older. You're supposed to get sharper. Hmm? 
It's your body that's changing. The inner man never ages. You are not getting older inside. That's only your body. So where'd you get that? The B-I-B-L-E. Remember that? What did he say? Second Corinthians 4. The outward man is perishing, decaying. But the inward man is also getting older? No. Being renewed day by day. You're supposed to be sharper mentally the older you get. I wish everybody believed that. You're, somebody said, well, my brain's getting older. Your mind isn't your brain. Your brain is the physical organ. Your mind functions through. Your mind is a part of your eternal being. And there is no limit, no limit to what you can learn. No limit. We're going to be learning throughout eternity. God's going to tell us. How he made this planet. He's going to show us stars and systems. And tell us how he did it. What he's doing. We're going to understand. We're going to learn. We're going to grow. Say it out loud again. I can. Do all things. Through the anointed one. Who strengthens me. I can. Learn. Anything and everything I need to learn. I can understand the Word. I can understand any subject I need to. Amen. Somebody needed that today. Do not let it get away from you. Make sure you teach this to your children. I mean, they're in school every day. They do not need to go in there. And if anybody ever tells them you're dumb, you're not as smart, you're slow. But you're special. No, never accept that they are slow. If they're having some challenges, do what you need to to help them in that area. But never let it come out of your mouth that they are slow. They are quick. They are sharp. They are bright. They get it. They're of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And I'm telling you, faith will make you quicker. It'll make you quicker. Hallelujah. You know, I remember Brother Hagin, my father in faith, talking about this. He said he went to school before he got saved. He was failing, making D's and F's. He got saved, got healed, and got saved on the bed of sickness. And... uh, Begin to confess over him. So every day walking to school, he read in Daniel where God made Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego wiser in school than the other kids. And he began to confess that over himself. He, this was his own words. He said he thinks God increased his mentality and ability to think 80%. And he started making A's. All A's. And of course, you know, if you ever heard him preach, you wouldn't have thought of him as anybody dull mentally. Man could quote two-thirds of the New Testament verbatim. But see, he wasn't like that as a teenager. He wasn't like that. 
till he got saved. Till the life of God began to quicken his intellect and illumine him. We're having that happen in this church. We're having miracles in this church in children and adults' minds. Their minds and their brains. But it is so important that we talk right and that we believe right. And that we speak over them words of faith and call for that to come out of them. And not make provision and excuses for them to stay at a low level their whole life. It is never God's will for someone to be impaired and crippled mentally. Never is that the plan of God. He doesn't get glory out of that. He gets glory out of people being bright. Sharp. And serving Him. So everybody said out loud, my children. And their children. Will be bright. Sharp, Sharp. quick, Quick. in the Lord. Lord. That's all we say. That's all we'll ever say. In Jesus' name. Amen. Mark 11, 24. What did it say? What things soever you desire, when you pray, do what? Believe. Believe Believe what? There's a lot of different things you can believe. What's the title of our series? Faith to receive. Faith for receiving. Here he says, believe that you receive them. And then what happens? And you shall have them. Well, now there's a lot of people want to have them. They want to have what they desire. And that's the biggest thing they focus on. You know, a whole lot of people, it's just part of the flesh nature, they just spend night and day thinking about what they want. I want this. I want a car. I want a house. I want this diamond. I want this to be able to do this. I want this. I want this. Well, you know, you shouldn't go too long thinking about what you want. I mean, if you want to get close to it, you should begin to think about how to get it. Not just what you want, but how to get it. I mean, you can lay around and pine and think, I want it. I want it. I want one. I really want one. I want it bad. It doesn't make a difference how much you want it. You won't get it just by wanting it. How are we going to get it? Well, here he says, what things soever you desire, so you're wanting something. And in the last part says, you shall have them. So we ought to be excited about this. Whatever you desire, last phrase says, you'll have them. Somebody say, whoopee. (laughs) Whatever you desire, you'll have them. But there's something in between. What's the part? How do you get from whatever you desire to you shall have them? Jesus said, what things soever you desire, whatever you desire, believe, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. You'll have them once you believe you receive them. Let me read another translation of this. Sounds similar, but brings it out. The NIV says, 
Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. The New Living says, if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. Now this word receive, we said last week, it is, you find it many times in the Word of God. And I mean scores and scores of times, it's translated take. Take. Say exactly the same word. You wouldn't be doing any injustice to the text if you read it that way. What things serve you desire when you pray, believe that you take them and you shall have them. That's what the word means. Take. So say it out loud like that. Believe that you take them and you shall have them. For hundreds of years, this has not been preached in many churches and circles. People have been taught that it's all up to God. Common phrases, God's in control. Leave it up to Him. Just, and when you're talking about faith, people think faith equals just trust Him. Okay, but what? To do whatever we need to do. If it doesn't happen, then that means He knew we didn't need it. Even though we thought we needed it. Everybody else thought we needed it too. But apparently we didn't need it because it is up to him. And people pray that way by adding the phrase, if it be thy will, to everything. And the implication and the belief is it's all up to him. But Jesus didn't say when you desire something, believe it's all up to him. Couldn't he just as have easily said When you believe, whatever you're praying for, just leave it up to him. Trust him to do the right thing. Because you don't always know what you need. All these things that are so popular in Christian circles, why didn't Jesus say them? Hmm? It's kind of like this one fellow's telling me. He came uh, one day and he said, you know, uh, you said such and such. And I just don't agree with that. I don't believe. I said, no, I didn't say that. He said, yes, you did. I said, I don't think so. He said, I know you did. You said it. I said, I don't think so. I said, they recorded it. Get the tape. Find it. He said, I'll do it. I'll be back tomorrow. I said, okay. So he come the next day. I said, did you get the tape? He said, yeah. I said, what did I say? Did I say that? He said, well, not exactly. He said, but that's what you meant. Well, that's foolish. No, I mean, I said what I meant to say. And I think a lot, the reason I say that, I think a lot of people are that way with God, with the Bible. I mean, they read it and it said this, but said, yeah, but that, you know, that's what he said. But he meant to say that if it's God's will and just leave it up to him because it's all up to him. If he'd have wanted to say that, he would have said that. He could have very easily said what things serve you desire, leave it in God's hands, trust him to do the right thing, just leave it with him, it's all up to him, couldn't he? Yes, right. He didn't say that. What did he say? He told us we needed to do something. We need to believe that we take it. We need to believe That we receive it, and this is an area that millions in the church are falling terribly short of. 
They're not laying hold. Not receiving. Not taking what God has already provided. Now go with me if you would to the book of James. The book of James, the first chapter. And also we're going straight from there to 1 Thessalonians, the second chapter. James 1 and 1 Thessalonians 2. In James, very first chapter, down about verse uh, 20, actually 21, he said, Lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. We don't talk so much like that anymore. <laughs> it's just too much superfluity of naughtiness. <laughs> Anytime you, uh, you see a phrase like that, don't be content to just quote it and not understand it. Amen. Find out what kind of words we would use today. Somebody says, yeah, but that's, that's the way it was written. No, it actually was written in Greek. Contrary to some belief, Jesus did not use a King James Bible. <laughs> that was many years before there was a King James or a printing press. <laughs> Although I like the King James, I mean I use it a lot, obviously. And uh, there are other translations. The NIV is a pretty good translation. Amplified is a pretty good translation. Of course, it's amplified. It's a lot of words to read. There are a lot of modern translations that should not be called translations. They are not translations. They're paraphrases. They're somebody's ideas. Are you with me? And you've got to beware because a lot of what's in there is not in the text. It's the translator's idea of what they thought he meant. No, I want to hear what was said. Whether you thought it made sense or not, just tell me what he said. Right? <laughs> and the King James is pretty good that way. But superfluity of naughtiness. Yeah. Be on the watch for that. And... Uh, but now look at the last, the last phrase. <laughs> he said, and receive with meekness. What's the next word now? Receive. Somebody say receive. receive. What are we talking about? Faith to receive. Receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. Receive what? The word. He said receive it with meekness. That word is able to save your soul. What's able to save you? The word. word. Said out loud. The word word. is able to save. save. Receiving the word word. is is salvation. Now we use phraseology and there's a reason for it. Getting in the word, receiving the word. I mean, in our circles, you hear the word, the word, the word, the word, the word. We've heard it so much until almost don't pay attention to it anymore. But I want us to endeavor to hear it afresh and anew this morning. Why these phrases got started. That it's not just a word movement, faith movement, phraseology. It's the Bible. Receive the word 
and be saved. Receive the word and receive salvation. Receive, he said, the engrafted word, receive it with meekness. It's able to save your souls. The English version says, get rid of every filthy habit and all wicked conduct. Submit to God. Accept the word he plants in your hearts. Say, accept the word. word. Do you have to accept the word? The answer is no. Listen to the terminology. Accept it. What does that mean? It's up to you. Receive it. Accept it. Now, uh, we had uh, Dave stand up here last week. Holding out that glass of water. And what was I not doing? I wasn't accepting it. You know, can people make you accept something? No. That's one thing nobody can make you do. Is believe something. Or believe that you receive something. The devil can't make you. No man, no woman. Nobody can get inside you and force you to believe you receive. Or force you to accept the words and thinking and thoughts and doctrine of anybody's teaching. God has given us complete independence and freedom in that regard. He made us this way. It is a great freedom. I said it's a great freedom. People can tell you all kind of stuff. They could torture your body. They still can't make you believe it. They could cut off your arms and legs. They could shoot you 12 times. I don't mean they made you believe anything. Right? right. right? Say it out loud. No one, no one can make me, can make me believe, something. believe something. Receive something. Nobody can. And see, God has chosen not to make you believe anything. So he's not. He's not going to make you believe he exists. He's not going to make you believe his word. He's not going to make you receive salvation, the new birth, the infilling of the spirit, healing of prosperity, or anything. He's not going to. The devil can't. No other man can. So it's completely up to you. What you receive and what you don't. What you accept and what you don't. You're sitting here right now. Every word I'm saying, you're deciding whether you're going to take that or whether you're not. And you ought to check it out. You ought not just swallow everything that comes out of my mouth or anybody else. I'm a human being just like you. Right? I could make a mistake. I could say something dumb. I could say something wrong. I know it's a thought, but I could. (laughs) That's why ministers, all ministers, listen up. When you step up behind this pulpit, it is not time to just chat. It is not time to just talk. I mean, you and I standing on the sidewalk talking is one thing. Me standing up behind here and beginning to speak as his representative is another thing. I should not feel free to just say anything and everything that crosses my mind or that I think. Right? We should know when to become more, more focused and more serious and go, now, these are the words of the Lord. 
We should not feel at liberty to add to them and take from them and, and change them and play loose with them. Thank God for the word. Can you say amen? amen? He said receive it with humility. Now see, what would be the opposite of receiving it with humility? In pride, refusing. Right? Have you ever seen someone not receive words? Have you? <laughs> oh boy. Have you ever been talking with somebody Endeavoring to minister something from the word or from the Lord. And and you can tell. I mean you can tell the longer you go the harder they're getting. They don't have to say a word. You can see it all over their face. What's going on? They are not receiving this. Can you make somebody receive something? Even for their own good. You cannot. You cannot make somebody. And thank God you can't. You cannot make somebody receive something or accept something. Can the Lord make people receive the new birth? He's chosen not to. Can we make people receive Jesus? No, you can't. And so you don't need to try. You do not need to try to force it. I know you love them. I know it just pains you to think they might not be saved, but it just does not work. For you to try to push Jesus down their throat. And try to make them receive. It does not work. All you can do is present him and go. Would you like to receive? What if they don't? Well then. Believe for another opportunity. Right? As long as there's breath there's hope. Well in our own personal lives. It's up to us. We not only receive the word to be born again, we receive other words from the Lord all through our life. And every day we can receive them or we can reject them. Now go with me to 1 Thessalonians, the second chapter. 1 Thessalonians 2 and 13. 1 Thessalonians 2, 13. It says... For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God, which effectually works also in you that believe. Hallelujah. Examine that verse closer. He said, we're thanking God without ceasing. We just keep on thanking God. When I think about you, you saints at Thessalonica. Because when we came to you and we preached to you, you received it. You received it. Did people always receive what Paul preached? No, they didn't. Was it because he didn't preach it well? Because no. he didn't know what he's talking about? No. no, no. But if you follow his ministry through the book of Acts, there were some places he went, and I mean, they tried to kill him. They ran him out of town. They definitely did not receive it. Right? I mean, when people are stoning you, they're not receiving your ministry. 
They're not receiving your message, your sermons, right? I'd rather they just got up and walked out. I mean, well, they took it a step further. They got so mad. You know, there were times when the Bible said they ripped their clothes, they pulled their hair, they threw dirt in the air. They're not happy about what they're hearing. So really, considering all things, we're doing pretty good. No hair pulling, no dirt throwing, and definitely no stoning. Thank God. Thank God. (laughs) But whether you're throwing rocks or just coldly indifferent, not receiving is not receiving. And you wind up, for your benefit, you wind up with the same results. He said, but when you heard the word we preached, you received it. You received the word of God. Say that out loud. You received the word of God. You received it. And I'm not just stalling on this, and I know you may have heard some of these things along this line, but this is so vital, so important. We don't need to go further till we get this better established in our spirit. He says, well, it's, I want a healing. Healing's what I want to receive. That's what I'm talking about. I want prosperity. I want to pay my bills. That's what I want to receive. That's exactly what we're talking about. And what you're going to see is that before people received a wonder, they received a word. I said before they received a wonder, they received a word. And it was through receiving that word that they were built up. Built up and made able to lay hold. Can you hear what he said? He said, receive with humility. That engrafted word, why? That word is able to save you. Glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. You know... People tend to separate preaching and teaching from miracles. You think, oh, we got preaching and teaching coming out of our ears. We need miracles. We need to move of the Spirit. If you separate the miraculous from the Word, you're going into error. The enemy can do some signs. And not everything that is spiritual is God. And this was so confusing. And I'm not throwing any stones. When I was younger in ministry, I almost made some mistakes myself. Because, you know, I'm so hungry for the supernatural. I want to see miracles. I worked in healing school. I want to see miracles. I'm hungry for miracles. So I clamored for miracles. And there were some things that happened that were almost shocking. And I thought, well, then this is what you want to go for. And begin to realize eventually, thank God for Brother Hagin. He began to talk in some ways concerning certain types of ministry that were going on in the country and the world. And I began to see he's not in agreement with that. He didn't call any names. but And I'm thinking, well, it looks to me like they got scripture and it just in my immaturity. But thank God I realized he's been doing this for 50-something years. And I'm just going to cool my jets and wait and watch and see. 
and thank God, I begin to see that it was spiritual, but it wasn't God. And that can be very confusing to young Christians. That's why you need good leadership. That's why you need to read your chapter every day. How many know in the wilderness, the devil quoted scripture to Jesus? Didn't he? So, well, they got verses. So did the devil. They're quoting scripture. Yeah, but they weren't quoting it in the right spirit and they weren't rightly dividing the word. How do you rightly divide the scripture? With other scripture. And Jesus said, it is also written and didn't follow the spectacular spiritual. Because I understand he's having an experience. He's caught up. Set up on the pinnacle of the temple. He's having an experience. He's having visions. He's seeing all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. It's spiritual. It's real. But it's not God. What will help you to prevent being deceived in these ways? Putting the word first. Somebody say first. Prayer is not first. Miracles are not first. The supernatural is not first. The Word. Somebody say the Word. Why am I saying that? We should have even more respect for the Word than we do. We should not think, oh, preaching, preaching, fine, fine. I want to see a miracle. That's wrong thinking. I said that's wrong thinking. Uh, go with me to uh, Matthew. Matthew, the 10th chapter. Thank you, Lord, for helping us with this. This is big. This is big. I know uh, hearing some of these testimonies, we've had some outstanding testimonies come in this week. If you were here Friday night, Phyllis went into detail and read. I mean, people healed of things counted incurable and terminal. Hmm? Lyme's disease, heart failure, and blood problems, and AIDS. Healed. Going back to the doctors. Can't find the viral count. But is that a coincidence that we've been teaching on healing strong for month after month? Or could it go hand in hand? How does faith come? By hearing the word. I was reminded when Phyllis was reading at the house before Friday night, she read some of these testimonies to me. She said, man, these are outstanding. And uh, I was reminded while she was reading it. A brother Hagen, when he first started pastoring as a young man, no experience. And uh, in Pentecostal circles, he looked to what other people were doing. And people were having get free meetings. And there was a lot of physical activity and screaming and shouting and jumping. And he said a lot of manifestations you never heard of and some you shouldn't have heard of. (laughs) Get free meetings. And everybody thought, boy, this is the thing. And that died out of popularity after a while and they began to have loosening meetings. (laughs) And so every same people that came down to get free came to get loose now. 
And everybody is laying hands on everybody all the time and shouting and screaming and jumping and falling and all kind of manifestations. He said it again, a lot of manifestations you never heard of and some you shouldn't have heard of. And then a few months after that, that was no longer popular. It became popular to have deliverance meetings. Deliverance. And boy, there was devils in every bush and behind every chair. And uh, everybody had 30 or 40 devils in them every day. And, and everybody's casting out everything out of everybody else. And a lot of screaming and shouting and crying and, and sweating. And He said a lot of manifestations you never heard of. And some you should have never heard of. <laughs> and he said that after months of this, pastoring these same people, he'd go out to their farm where they're pulling corn or are out to their business and talk to them and realize that even though they've been through the get free meetings and the loosening meetings and the deliverance meetings, they still got the same problems they had before they had the first get free meeting. And they thought, well, what good is this? I mean, you can jump, scream and shout and run and fall and sweat and pray. And, but if you still got your problems, what good is that? There's a lot of this going on right now in a lot of circles, in a lot of areas. And people get off. Have you seen it? It goes by fads and cycles. Oh, boy, this is the thing. And everybody flocks over here. Why? Because of a physical manifestation. And then it's something else. And everybody runs over here. And he said he got to praying about it and actually fasted a couple of days. And he said, the Lord spoke to him. He said, you're trying to get the results through prayer and through other things that only my word can bring. Oh, my. That rung in my spirit the first time I heard that. And I, because I grew up Pentecostal. I, we've had to take people to the emergency room from climbing the walls backward. Got a splinter in their back. Wild? I know about wild. I've been in a while. <laughs> I know about running and jumping and dancing and falling. And, and some of it's good in some places. And we can have more of it here. I said we can have more of it here. But, but, but the word comes first. First and always. First. And what am I saying? We must not get more excited about some physical manifestation than the Word. We must get our minds renewed and see the Word the way God sees the Word. Is God more excited that He could do a sign than His Word? No. He's exalted His Word above all, above His name. Nothing more important to him than his word. You're in Matthew, but go to John. First chapter of John. Hold that place in Matthew. People say, y'all are that word bunch, those word people. You got that right. You got that right. Say it again. We are the word people. In the morning, in the noontime, when the sun goes down. That's us. Word. 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 Absolutely. Which is another way of saying we are the Jesus people. Because he is the word. 
And there's no such thing as being a Jesus person and not being a word person. In John 1. Oh, thank you, Master. He is helping us. John 1. 1. 1, 1. In the beginning was what? Signs and wonders. No, no. In the beginning was the Word. Glory to God. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. In the beginning was the Word. Now, we see just a few verses down. Verse 14. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 16. And of His fullness... Now, who is his? I mean, you could use the word him and word interchangeably. Because he is the word, the word made flesh. So we have received of his, of the word's fullness. Have all we what? Received and grace for grace. We have received. Of the word's fullness. Now back up with me. Verse uh, 8. Well verse 9. Talking about the true light. Is the light the word. Yes. Which lights every man that comes into the world. He was in the world. Who was in the world? The word. The word was in the world. And the world was made by the Word. And the world knew the Word not. Didn't know the Word. Are you with me so far? He, he who? The Word came unto his own and his own received him not. Received the Word not. His own did what? Didn't receive him. Didn't receive the word. He is the word. Keep reading. But. But. As many as what? As many as received him. As many as received the word. To them the word gave power. To become the sons of God. Glory to God. The Word came into the earth. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The Word was manifest among us. The Word came unto His own. And His own what? Even to this day. Most of His own people naturally have not received Him. But... To them that have. To them that do. Come on, what that verse say? To as many as have received him. Whoo, glory to God. Glory to God. Who received who? 
to as many who have received the word, the word gives you power to become. Ooh, come on, come on, come on. When you receive the word, the word gives you power to become what he said. Oh, it would do us good to meditate on this all day long, all day long. When you receive the word, the word gives you power, makes you able to become that word. The word of healing, the word of prosperity. How many of you used to not be saved, but you are? How did you get the power to become born again? (laughs) Somewhere, sometime, you heard the word. And when you heard the word, you said, I believe that. I accept that. I receive that. And when you did, it gave you power, supernatural power on the inside of you. To become what you heard. Somebody says, I'm interested in miracles. I know you are, but you need to get interested in the Word. Because that's what gives you the power. Oh, come on. How many of you used to not speak in tongues, but you do now? Now, we're going to be talking about this. A little bit later, I think. Maybe next Sunday we'll see. But how do you get filled with the Spirit? You receive. You receive the Word about it and you receive Him. You receive. Somebody says, well, I don't. Well, you can. And get ready. And keep coming. And you will. But you need to be interested in receiving the Word. Receiving the Word. We've seen this already more times than we may have thought. Remember in 1 Thessalonians, he said, when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you didn't receive it as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also worketh effectually. It's working in you. It makes you able to receive. Our text, receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able, able to save your soul. Somebody say the word, the word is, able, is able, has the power, has power to, make me able. to make me able. He said he came to his own. The word came to his own. They didn't receive him. But to as many as did receive him, to them gave he. Who gave? The word gave them power to become the sons of God. And he did. And we did. And we are. The sons of the living God. And it was the Word. The Word. Everything I got is because of the Word. Everything we've been able to do is because of the Word. Anything good that's ever happened in our life is because of the Word. Which is like saying because of Jesus. Because He is the Word. Everything. 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 Somebody say everything. Go to Matthew 10, please. 
I think I can close on this. Don't know if I want to or not. Though. Matthew, the 10th chapter. We're talking about faith to receive. And what are we talking about receiving today? Receiving the word. Receiving the word. Matthew 10. Well, actually, back up to the end of the ninth chapter and notice this, verse 35. And this is one example of this, but you see this repeated. Jesus, Matthew 9, 35, Jesus went about all the cities and villages doing what? Working miracles. Doing signs. Hmm? See, a lot of folk, if Jesus came to town, the first thing they'd holler, do a miracle, do a miracle. There were people that said that in his day. You know what he told them? He said, it's an unbelieving generation that's looking for a sign. And he said, no sign is going to be given you. I don't think we remember that he talked to people like that. What did he want them to be interested in? The word. What did he come to town to do? Number one. Read it. Number one, what? Teaching in the synagogues. And then what? Preaching. The gospel of the kingdom and then, and then, healing, deliverance, signs, wonders, but not first. Not first. First is the word, teaching and preaching. We've been endeavoring to do this for five years. Put the word first. Put the word first. Don't claim to have done it perfectly, but we've endeavored. I believe you respect the word. And I'm telling you, now we're coming into the other part. (laughs) You can see it, can't you? You can hear the testimonies. We're having healings. We're having outstanding things. And they're only going to get bigger and greater. And if, if we'll keep the word first through all of it, it will not cease to become greater and greater and greater and greater and greater. But the moment... You and I stop doing that and we start ooing and aahing over the signs and wonders and leave the word, we'll start down. We'll begin to lose. We'll begin to leave. And we're not going to do that. We are going to be more excited about the word than anything else. All the time. Right? We're going to reverence the word above all. Above all. Why? Because it is what gives us the power, the faith, the power to become everything that God has given us. No word, there can be no miracles. No word, there can be no salvation. Without a word, there can't be any healing. And we know that. And so we keep it first place, which is the same thing as saying keep Jesus first place. But Jesus is the word. Thanks be unto God. How many know it'd be absolutely wrong and disrespectful? Jesus come to town, and He says, "Y'all gather around. I'm gonna teach you." And you go, "Jesus, we've heard a lot of teaching. Do us some miracles. Shake the place. Show us some power. We want to see some stuff. We want to feel some stuff. Jesus, zap us." Zap me, Jesus. Zap me, Jesus. What would he say? What would he say? 
He never changes. He would tell you the same thing people he told people then that day that were seeking signs. He would say, an evil and adulterous generation seeks signs. That's what he said, isn't it? What should we do? We had a healing. Glory to God. We had a deliverance. Glory. We had prosperity. Glory to God. Jesus is about to teach. Oh, glory to God. Sit down. Be quiet. This is it. But you see how natural people have turned it around, haven't they? They make a bigger deal out of something they can see and feel. Well, everything you see and feel was created by a word that came out of God. And so when he's about to speak some words to you, you think, glory to God, we're about to get some words. Matthew, read this and then the uh, 14th, well, let's see, verse 41, then I'll back up to that. Verse 41, Matthew 10, we're still in Matthew 10 and 40. Verse 40, actually. Somebody said, yeah, but no, I would do that with Jesus. (laughs) But Jesus is not here. And all these preachers I hear, I don't think they're right. And I don't, you know, they're just men like I am. Well, let me remind you of something he said. Matthew 10, 40. Jesus said, he that receives you. Who's he talking about? Now, stop right here. Who's he talking about? You is referring to who? Well, he's speaking specifically to his 12 and to those that were under him. There actually, there were, he sent another 70, didn't he? Two by two to places. So his, the ones that he has called and anointed and appointed and sent, he that receives you receives me. And he that receives me, receives him that sent me. Can you receive the Father and reject Jesus? No, you cannot. Some try to do it. It doesn't work. Cannot. Well, Jesus takes delegation very, very seriously. He says, if I send somebody... You need to receive them like you receive me. In fact, if you receive them, you received me. If you don't receive them, you didn't receive me. Which also makes it serious that any man or woman come and say, I am sin of the Lord. And I speak in his name. That's serious. And if you're lying and speaking your own words in his name, you can be judged. But if someone really is sent of the Lord. And really is speaking in his name. It should be received. And God uses people in your life. And you want to be open. He can use people you didn't expect for him to use. Hmm? They don't have to be a preacher. But when you can tell God speaking through somebody. You need to show respect. Just like it was the Lord himself talking to you. Because actually. It is. How many of you can look back over your life? I'm thinking right now of people that God used to speak to me as a boy, as a young man in Ramah, 
the teachers. Oh, that's why the Bible said, how beautiful are the feet of them. It's talking about people, the feet of them that bring the message. That's why what that woman did was so appropriate that she took the most valuable thing she had, that alabaster box of ointment, and broke it and put it on his feet. Why? Because that's the feet that brought the man, that brought the word to her. Oh, come on. Can you see this? And in doing that, she was she just making a big deal out of flesh? No. She was making a big deal out of the word that was manifested through the flesh. Oh, can you see this? Can you see this? In fact, this is so serious, I want you to back up to verse 14 and see this. He sent them, in verse 7 I should say, he sent them, he said, go preach. Go do what? First he said preach. Then verse 8 he says heal and cleanse. But first preach. And he said, you come into a house, verse 13, say peace be to this house. And verse 14, verse 14, whosoever shall not do what? Receive you, you, nor what? Nor hear your words when you depart out of that house or that city. Do what? Shake off off the dust of your feet. How many understand this is serious? See, we have ministry reduced to hirelings in this day and age. And you got the preachers chasing people around going, please come to church. Please come to church. Oh, you didn't like that? Oh, I won't preach on it anymore. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> oh, you don't like me driving that car? I'll be humble and sell it and get a rusty one. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You got preachers constantly going, I'm sorry. I'm so- Are you okay? Are you you're not comfortable? Oh, I didn't mean to make you uncomfortable. Are you all right? Oh, you didn't like that word. Oh, okay. We'll change it. Nobody respects that. I said, nobody respects that. No, there's no need for anybody to be mean, cruel, harsh, pushy, demanding. That's not right either. But do you see what he's saying? This is so precious. This is so holy. He said, you go and you bring that word to them. And if they say, we don't like that. We don't want that. We don't believe that. We're not receiving that word. He said, you leave. And when you get outside, you say, okay. I don't want any of this unbelieving dirt on my feet. And I gave it to you. And you didn't want it. So it's going to be your responsibility. Come judgment day. That knocking the dust off the feet is about judgment. It's a serious thing to hear the word of the Lord through a consecrated vessel. I'm not just talking about preachers now. It could be any believer. And you despise it and refuse it and reject it. When you know better, you saw it. You just didn't want to hear it. Didn't want to receive it. Because what comes next? Judgment. I don't believe I'm looking at ignorant people and rebellious people and foolish people who don't know the value of the word. I know you saw faith on the outside of the building when you walked in here. You know what it was because that's you. 
Faith Life Church is not this building. You are Faith Life Church. You are. I am. All the people that are joined us. And we love the Word. We are expecting miracles. We are expecting healings and deliverances. We're open for outstanding manifestations of the Spirit of God. But we'll never be more excited about a manifestation than the Word. Never. 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 We will always, always put the Word first place. Stand up on your feet and say that. Stand up on your feet. Say it like you mean it. We will always. We will always. This church will always. Put the word. First place. First place. First place. Put the word. First place. Say it out loud. We get more excited. About the word. Than anything. We love the Word above everything because He is the Word. Jesus is the Word. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Praise Him some. Come on, praise Him some. Lift up your hand. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.